The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, the suns are on the ropes. For the very first time, I would say I am quite concerned about Suns and Four. <laughs> very concerned about Suns and Four. We're here to dissect it, uh, make light of some of the blunders that have happened. Um, and we also have our very first movie review here on this league, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. And we cover some news around the league. All right, Mar- Marty, here comes the Suns comeback. Drop the beat. What a gross, gross game Game 5 was. It was so gross, I thought it was Game 6. Like, it was that gross where I thought this had to have been taking place in Milwaukee. (laughs) Had to have been taking place because there's just no way. The Suns haven't lost three games in a row since, like, in six months. Yeah, it's been been, been been quite a while. January that they've lost three games straight, which... Shocking, shocking, shocking. Um, this is Giannis's 13th consecutive playoff game, shooting 50% from the field. Giannis was a fucking god. What are your overall thoughts of the game? Uh, I mean, as a fan, I think people acting like, oh, it's over now. The Bucks are so much better. I think that's silly. They had a historic shooting performance, especially in the third quarter. I mean, Middleton was hitting everything. Drew was hitting everything, especially early. Giannis was hitting shots he doesn't normally hit. Connaughton. He hit a crossover step back. Yeah. Did you see that? You know which one I'm talking about? Like, I mean, basically from the like, elbow? Yeah, yeah I mean, Like, yeah. 17, 18 foot, hit him with the hezzy cross, step back wet, and I was like, it's a fucking wrap. Yeah, no, well, and this, but, but, but the Suns had the ball down one with 20 seconds I didn't get up a shot which was just the most disappointing thing of all time but to act like this is just such a mismatched series now I think is silly personally I personally thought listen I was in Suns and 4 camp firmly in the Suns and 4 camp but truthfully I never quite bought into a sweep like in my heart of hearts, I didn't ever quite buy into like it's just gonna be a fucking buzzsaw like the yeah. Denver series. I thought it would be closer to the Clipper series personally, but for the world to be like, I was on phone calls after game two and it was like, yeah, I mean, it's not even gonna, the Bucks aren't even gonna get a game off of them. Bud's gonna get fired. Da-da-da. And I was like, listen, listen, listen. Like, 
the Bucks have been down 2-0 like multiple times. So this is something that they have taken punches and punched back. Yeah, no, and they went and beat won, won those two games against Atlanta without Giannis. I, I was, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I was feeling good after game two, especially because that meant oh, someone's going to have to beat the Suns team four out of five times, which you know, at that point didn't seem like it was a very likely thing. But a, a sweep, like, no, no, that's never something I realistically thought was coming here. No. The trio of Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, 88 points. Yeah. I mean, that is not happening again. No, I mean, it, it, it sure as shit shouldn't. Uh, I Unless mean, it's 40-48. <laughs> Unless it goes Giannis 40, Chris 40, and Drew 8. Right. That's the only way 88 goes down. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they they had a historic shooting night. They uh, played so awesome. And it, it, it was just such a weird game because – the Suns were up 16 at the end of the first quarter and didn't even get to enjoy it because Booker goes out. And then they, I, I wonder how much game time really went by. I'd be shocked if it was more than five minutes that they had already got it to like at least four. Like it was erased. So I mean, quickly. Booker's going to have to play all of game six, pretty much. All I think of so. Game six. I think so. When he is off the floor. It is a huge problem, mostly because there's something wrong with Chris. There's something wrong with them. I'm firmly convinced. I talked to some people around the league that cover the league and have written about the Sun, the Sun series, and I know that they're well-sourced, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, there's something wrong. He's just not going to admit it Yeah, because well, I mean, he's not that guy. Right. I mean, I mean, you can see he's got that left wrist like taped up, and uh, there's certain plays where he it, 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 it looks like it would have – Helped him to, you know, switch hands and, you know, go, go dribble to the left. And he, and he just didn't. He just, he like favors the right. And, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, looks a little bad, but I, I agree with you. Booker needs to play probably the entire game. I mean, this, uh, uh, the Suns lost by four and Booker was plus 12. Yeah. Like, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Giannis was minus seven. I thought that was really strange, was an interesting, that was the Budenholzer adjustment game. That we sort of have not seen. He went jumbo, the jumbo lineup. Yeah. Where like Giannis is playing small forward. Giannis at the three and like Brooke and uh, who else was in there? And Portis at four. Yeah. It was and- just wild to watch. Middleton was playing point guard at one point. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> it was wild. Uh, and I think it worked. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is they the Suns couldn't get a rebound and it was obscene. Um, but I think the real story, the real narrative is like there's a lot of people coming after me right now, like yeah. the entire company basically retweeting the video from game two of me be- basically being like the Bucks are frauds. The Bucks are o- like uh they're the most overrated team in finals history. And like, they basically are taking my words like they're complete truth and that there was no exaggeration and playfulness in them <laughs> at all. Right. But okay. So what we've known all year is this, the bucks are a bad half court team. They can't get a bucket in the half court. 
And that is still ringing true to this day, which is why Drew Holiday threw that fucking lob to Giannis. He did not want to pull it out and then try to recollect, regather themselves and try to run a play. Okay, but we know all year long, I think I even said at one point, are the Bucks the favorites to go to the finals? And then I think they shit the bed right after that. Like in close games, these Bucks have been lawn chairs, just fold up. Fold right up, like made lawn chairs made of cardboard. And the Suns, when things get tight, are fucking hard rock city. So f- there has been, even inside of the playoffs, a transformation of this Bucks team. And I, it's like almost feels like to me, because I've had a little bit of time now that the, the finals are here and there's only one game every couple of days. I watched Captain America for the first time. Yeah. And that's what basically happened to Giannis post hyperextension of the knee. Like they gave Giannis some God mode injection and the whole team is now adapting. They are now resilient. Like, in-game resilient. Coming back out of a 16-point deficit, who could have seen that coming from the Milwaukee Bucks? Not I. Throughout the course of the season, am I not right? Like, no, chime I, in. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I tend to agree. They, uh, they figured it out. They're playing well at the right time. I mean, Drew Holiday having that game when he really needed it. Uh, and then making just a, a shit ton of big defensive plays. I mean, the biggest one being stripping Booker at the very end, not even allowing him, you know, to get off a shot. Uh, and yeah, no, the rebounding has been an issue too. There's, uh, there's so many things that in the last, I mean, three games of game three wasn't close. That in the last three games, they've done really fucking well. And the Suns haven't despite Drew, the games being close besides game three. Yeah. Drew holiday. People were, coming after the Milwaukee Bucks for that trade. I think we said in the moment, like very early on, this is going to be very impactful. Drew Holiday impactful, P.J. Tucker impactful. But Drew Holiday won. Like basically give him the game ball for game four and for game five. He won game four and five in like that was the moment. Both of those strips in the moment. Yeah, no, game five for sure. I think four you probably have to still give to Middleton. But uh, but yeah, no, definitely. The the high-level defensive plays that he's made, I mean, and that's why they brought him in. They've, they brought him in to improve the team defense, improve the half-court offense, uh, ensure that Giannis stays long-term. And, I mean, he's kind of doing that. This right here, what the Milwaukee Bucks did, because there were points in time where it was in doubt as to whether Giannis would sign the Supermax. And I've been trolling Bucks fans and Bucks Twitter for all year, basically saying, like, listen, never going to win a ring as yeah. currently constructed. Um, it appears that's closer to being very wrong than I would have anticipated, yeah, of course. I mean, still got to win one still more game. Still got to win one more. Two, Giannis will leave. If he doesn't get a ring, he's going to leave. And even though he signed the Supermax. So, but there were times where the Supermax was in doubt. Giannis was waiting to see what the Bucks would do. And like, are you going to give me some help or not? <laughs> right? Yeah. This is the blueprint for a small market team. This is what Portland should look at and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it looks like when you have a star. Star is somewhat disgruntled. And then you give the bag to make 
that one thing elevate your team. And that was Drew Holiday. And a lot of people thought that was not a great trade. Give up four first round picks and pay him a shitload of money. And no, that was, you're not winning. Maybe not even winning the net series without Drew Holiday. Yeah, he's been insane. I have some some stats for about Giannis that I want to share. Go. The, in these finals, Giannis has had 150 points, 50 rebounds, and 25 assists through the first five games. Damn. Only Kareem and Braun have done that. I know you roll your eyes. No, but no, that no, is, no, no, those no. are the stats. No, I wasn't rolling my eyes like, oh, bad. Like, I mean, that's just, yeah, those are two guys that you want to be in company with. He has looked, I don't know what to say. You, he doesn't have a back. I just want to say still, you can be incredible. You can be an amazing athlete. You can do things that other people can't do on a basketball floor and still not have a bag of tricks because that's basically what the bag is, is, a bag of tricks at your disposal. But holy fuck, for a guy with no bag, he is like if Frankenstein, here we go, more movie references and book references, as if Frankenstein decided to, or like some robot that they were going to create in the version of Shaquille O'Neal, but for the 2021 version of Mm -hmm. Shaquille O'Neal, that is now Giannis. Like that is who he is in ways where you're just like, I mean, he's just Give him the ball, let him go downhill. Like you can't even wrap him up. He's gonna still yam on you. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I I've made that exact uh, uh, same point in conversations before. Like this is he is the modern day Shaq. Like if Shaq, I mean, not Shaq exactly, but if it if the if a guy in the mold of Shaq was playing today, like Giannis is like how how you would want to mold that uh, with spacing, how, you, how and, you'd want yeah. the body to look and all that. But I mean. To say he's got no bag, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I get that a little bit, but I mean, when he's making shots the way he is, you know, who really fucking cares? You know, no, I mean, like, that's what that's yeah. I think where we're at is yeah. like it doesn't matter yeah. that he doesn't have a back because he is Shaq. Shaq didn't fucking like he's no, you know, he can do things. Yeah. Giannis can do things. He doesn't have a bag, but it does not appear to matter at all. And Chris Middleton is a fucking like. I, we haven't not talked about him enough because he's such a roller coaster ride. He basically encapsulates the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, like throughout the year, they go as Chris Middleton seems to go. Yeah. But two games in a row with the prime MJ, Chris Middleton, he was hitting shots. He was hitting shots. That he had no, no business making. Draped. Guys just draped yeah. on him. St- fall away threes. It was just Drew's hitting fallaways. They all were. Connaughton, like when all everyone's them. hitting fallaways with guys draped over him, it's a rough night for you. And it's happening in Phoenix. Also, let's go into the arena situation. Okay. PFT, our colleague, tweeted this, and I think it's so funny, so great. Such a interesting point about the fans there is that what you see in Footprint this what's called now? Footprint? Yeah, the Footprint Center. The Footprint Center? The foot, the foot. I'm happy the foot. I'm happy that the f- foot is now, has a name. You yeah. know, they haven't had a name for a while. You put in your lift like Phoenix Suns Arena. So I'm happy that the foot was lit. But he said, people at the foot are all the people that you run into at the strip at club. At a strip club, yeah. Yeah. And it, was a, it was a good tweet. You had a guy like literally counting money. And I think the counting actually is helping Giannis. I think that that is providing him rhythm to actually make shots. 
in free throw. I think <laughs> Candace Parker talked about how she sings a song to herself. Yeah. I think he can just be like one, two, and just literally kind of get into the rhythm of it and then shoot at 10. Yeah, no, I get, I get it for sure. Yeah, yeah. He missed. He he still missed some pretty big ones. Uh, he did miss two uh, in down game, the, in game five. Two yeah. down the stretch yeah. for sure. Um, we've got a LeBron James sighting. Yeah, we've got the ultimate upstage my best friend moment from LeBron James. LeBron James, even in supporting his best friend, one of his best friends in the NBA, he shows up not in. The the second round, uh, not in the Western Conference Finals. No, no. LeBron is going to show up as Space Jam 2 is in its opening weekend. Yep. He's going to show up in Phoenix with a bottle of his own fucking tequila to promote. Wow, Rich Paul, his agent, comes to publicly... Put out that they're in a relation. He's in a relationship with Adele. Is it? Could there have been more attention you could draw upon yourself? Where the graphics team even says star of Space Jam Two: A New Legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean it, 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 it was uh, exactly that. I mean it was <laughs> it was it was a very self motivated appearance by LeBron. That I mean, I, I was thinking about so many other stuff during that game. So this is the first time I've actually had to sit and actually think about that. And uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, I don't want to say scummy, but pretty calculated by LeBron. And, and also, I don't think uh, I don't think Rich Paul deserves Adele. Just going to say it. I mean, wow, what a duo! What an unexpected duo she is a recluse she doesn't go outside Mm-mm. she showed up to promote spaceship to a new legacy and a fucking tequila brand he had the tequila bottle and they were like oh they let lebron james bring tequila a tequila bottle into the arena which by the way you're not allowed to do yeah but no shit they let lebron yeah, bring course. tequila and into he the literally fucking tweeted like- <laughs> he literally tweeted oh they let me right oh, yeah. we'll roll with that <laughs> lebron james knows He's just one of the most calculated humans I've ever seen. It's so obvious, too. He wants it to not be obvious, but it's like he runs the league. He runs the oh. league. He tells the graphics department what to say. He puts it out. He gets the seats. He has Adele fucking come in as a prop. She has her first fucking basketball game she's maybe ever seen in her life. She's going nuts. Paparazzi's insane. They just keep showing him on the TV. It's like, yo, this movie's this movie's garbage. Uh, <laughs> I really can't wait for the Rich Paul uh, breakup song. I'm excited for those. Goodbye. Rich Paul. Rich Paul. <laughs> You're a scumbag again. Um, good news, though, for some The decision fans. was chicken shit. Yeah, exactly. She, there, I saw a tweet that was like, uh, I really am hoping that Adele can tell Rich Paul to get Anthony Davis in the pick and roll and more in the deep. <laughs> Something like that. It was very funny. Uh, I think the Suns, though, just back to the actual game itself. Um, I think the Suns can win in seven. Yeah, I it, think it's possible. I think playing in Milwaukee is proving to be extremely difficult. But yeah. you had game four in your hands. And Nick Nurse made a great point on, I think, Brian Windhorse's podcast. He was like, it's really hard to win a ring at home. 
if it's not a game seven, because they're already like they bring in the they bring in the banners. They bring they start talking about ring fittings like you're in the arena that that's all going to take place. The organization is all there. And there's like almost a level of uh, what's next when you haven't even gotten to that moment yet. And he was like, yeah, we couldn't win it in Toronto for that reason in game five. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, DeAndre Ayton says this. I like it. The tables are turned now. Now we're the desperate team. We've had our chances of being up and trying to finish the job. Now we're in the same position that they were in. They're up and now we got to go and get it. That's why it's a little bit more fun for me. I love DeAndre Ayton. Love, love DeAndre Ayton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad news for Suns fans. Uh, Past teams that have won an NBA title 38 or 47 times after holding a 3-2 lead. Past teams have won an NBA title 21 out of 29 teams, 29 times after winning game five following a 2-2 series tie. But, and also there's a stat about Chris Paul. I think he would be the first first player in NBA history to lose four 2-0 series in the playoffs. Really? (laughs) Yeah, that would be a bad stat for Chris Paul. Oh, speaking of which... what did you think? There was a there was a presser. I don't have the sot, so I'm gonna do my very best impression. It was via Zoom. I'm sure Palmer probably your brother texted you <laughs> like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Okay, so this is how it goes down. Yeah, Devin Booker is sitting next to Chris Paul. You know exactly what yeah, I'm gonna I say. Do. <laughs> Devin Booker sitting next to Chris Paul. I feel like this might happen to me. Like I can see in my head, like like when. When media goes wrong, you know, like what your thought was and what it ends up sounding like and what it ends up blowing into. Okay. Sitting next to Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They're sitting next to one another. This background is really like Chris Paul would be the first player ever to lose four two zero. He's been fighting for this, pushing for this journeyman around the league. He's your mentor. He's writing a book. Everyone knows this is Chris Paul's ring, right? That's the that's what's going on in the media member's head. Let's just say that for sure. For sure. And they're like tight. So the media member comes on Zoom, like Palmer, Palmer (laughs) goes Zoom. He's like, yeah, we've got so-and-so from Arizona Republic. And he's like, and you can hear music playing in the background too, like little rap music. And he's like, yeah, uh, Devin, tough loss, uh, real tough loss. Uh, How tough is this uh, for Chris? Yeah, he was, uh, how disappointed are you for Chris right now? How disappointed are you for Chris right now? And you can see Chris or frustrated. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. How disappointed or how frustrated are you for Chris right now? And and you can see this is where it was so funny because I replayed it without audio (laughs) multiple times. You can see Devin Booker. He looks he looks out of the periphery of his eye to see what Chris is doing. And you can see Chris is like looks at the like, what the fuck? And Devin sees Chris's head tilt. Probably can see his eyes squint a little bit. You can just feel the energy yeah. tighten. And Devin's like, next question, please. Holds it together like Russell Westbrook. Eat your heart out. Like, yeah. that's how a pro does it. But what the fuck, Marty? Yeah, so that was Greg Moore. Uh, I believe he's Arizona Republic. He's something, some some sort of writer uh, in Phoenix. I don't follow him. I think he's trash. He is kind of known 
for asking stupid questions like this. And that was just an all time stupid question. And and if anyone wants to go like watch it, Chris Paul does give like the biggest what the fuck face like since Russ in that yep. locker room interview. And yeah, like he asked Booker a few years ago, like when the Suns like eliminated the Lakers from playoff contention. And he was like, he was like, are you even with LeBron now? And he was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like he, uh, he, 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 uh, uh, threw it off the backboard and dunked on you like a year and a half ago. Are y'all even now? And he was just like, what are you even talking about? He's a fucking moron. Greg Moore, just stop it. So just break it. down for me why that was a, the all-time bad question to ask in that moment. Because no, why is Devin Booker thinking about anything other than just, oh, the team and we're down 3-2 now. It had nothing. To, there's no way anything in his mind was, oh, how's Chris Paul feeling right now? Like, it, that's just so not what he was thinking. I mean, obviously, yeah. not what anyone was thinking. Like, Chris Paul, I'm I sure shit hope he's not thinking, like, oh, this sucks for my legacy right now. Like, we're trying to win a fucking finals. Like, I think that the thing that's really interesting about that is it really highlights the difference between where players heads are at and where media's heads are at. Yeah. Media is focused on narratives and storylines and all they want to hear. This is what they want to hear from Devin Booker right now. You know, we're really doing this for Chris. Right. We're doing this. We're all here gathering, gathering as a young team because we know that this is like the end of the road for Chris. And if we don't do it now, he might never get one. And so we're super disappointed for Chris. And it's like, but when you think about it, it's like, why would anyone come out of the present moment and come up to a bird's eye view and think about three years from now, five years from now, when Chris Paul has retired and where his legacy stands? Devin Brooker's like, I fucking care about my own legacy right now. Yeah. You know, he's the first player and I I think it was first player in playoff history to score 40 in consecutive games, both losses. Yeah, yeah. that's a Bradley Beal moment. I think that's enough Suns talk. I think it's Suns in seven, but it's Suns in four because it's a lifestyle. Uh, I will have an apology for Bucks fans if this goes bad. I, I will. I have thoughts. Marty thinks there might might be more smoke that comes out of it, but I have some funny things planned p- potentially. Um, but let's move on. Space Jam, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, Marty. Um, Let me just give a little bit of context and stats. This is for everyone who probably knows. The first one was a Michael Jordan film. Uh, Michael Jordan turned down the sequel (laughs) because he thought the first one was good enough. And he's not the kind of guy that's like, got to chase the money for some bullshit film. So I love that about MJ. Just another separating factor between him and Braun. Everybody thinks I hate Braun, but I don't. I don't, but that's a separating factor. It is. Um, The movie took seven years to make. It got greenlit in 2014. Yeah, like LeBron was still on the Cavs. LeBron was on the Cavs when it got greenlit. It was like newly on the Cavs again. (laughs) And we know that LeBron can act. He looked good in um, what was that movie? Amy Sh- yeah, he looked good in Trainwreck. He looked really good as a member of the Cavs, pretending to love Cleveland for like the last three years too. <laughs> he looked really, really believable in that role, like extremely believable. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something else, man. It was a bad movie. 
How far into it? Like, why was it bad to you? Like, let's you give me yours and then I'll give you mine. It just, I mean, so uh, uh, Ken Jack, our, our co-worker at Barstool, he had a great tweet about it that I kind of wish I hadn't seen before I watched it. But he was he was like, I don't know what kids thought of it, but as an adult, it was basically like a giant Warner Brothers commercial yes. with a Ready Player One complex, which is just hit it really on the head. I mean, when they were going through, well, what did they, the server verse or whatever they called it? And it was like, oh, here's the DC world. Here's the Game of Thrones. It's like, this is not what Space Jam, like, should be about, really? Because I, I I don't know. The first one, I think, really got a lot of people, like, into basketball and caring about basketball. And I, I don't know whether this one – and if kids like it, kids like it, and that's great. Like, I hope I hope they do like and all that. But I don't think this is inspiring a generation of kids to be like, oh, fuck yeah, basketball's awesome. Like No. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that was what it was designed to do. couple of things. I was watching with a friend, like we both played it at once from afar. Right. And they're like, hold on, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. I have a bullshit ad in the first like 15 seconds. And I was like, what? And they're like, no. Uh, oh, shit. This is the movie. Like <laughs> this ad is the movie. It was clear from 15 seconds in, this was. One giant ad for like multiple stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And that was what was strange to me because you started out with LeBron James sizzle reel, which is so LeBron, isn't it? Yeah, but the the, the original had a Jordan sizzle reel. It started with with Michael Jordan's uh, low moments, though. It did? I have to think about it again. In baseball. Ah. So, okay, so you've got LeBron being like, to me... This is what it was. Okay, it takes seven years to make. What are you doing? Why is it taking seven years? Because WB is like, we're going to put fucking $150 million in this. What is this going to be? Like, are we going to make our money back? What's the best way for us to ensure that we can get this movie made? All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pitch to our bosses. Folks, this is it. This is going to turn into our entire year's worth of marketing budget (laughs) into promoting Warner Brothers films and uh, franchises. Yep. And on top of which, then once you have HBO Max, we're going to also be spending the money on promoting how to subscribe to HBO Max by putting this movie early on HBO Max. Right. So you've got them. That's a vanity. Pro- it's basically a vanity project. We don't care if we make money. This is basically us just promoting ourselves. A giant blow job, a self blow job, Marilyn Manson, Manson situation. Right. <laughs> and then you have LeBron who's like, no, no, no. Like, this is a vanity project for me. I want you to showcase me as like the cool family man. All I care about is my family. And by the way, these kids could not fucking act. To save their life? So why not just pull a Will Smith and put your own fucking kids in it? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, They probably... Probably didn't have a whole lot of interest. I couldn't see a whole... Oh, I doubt that. I don't know. I I doubt Brawny being the, like... The kid who was the one that was, like, the golden child. I think Brawny would have loved that role. That was, like, a very small role. Just step back, kid. Yeah, that could have been Couple of screams. Yeah. Should have been Brawny. Yeah. Okay. Then... You've got 
LeBron James basically throughout the movie sprinkling highlights of himself in there. It was like a battle. It was like a duo or a or a uh, like a, a battle royale of like who and where the self-promotion lies. Yeah, it was like how many moments of this movie could I hashtag strive for greatness? Yes. Like, yeah. It felt very much like that. Like Jordan, at least in Space Jam 1, never, never tried to self-brand being the family man. Never. He was embracing having hoes on the side. He never was like, family only comes first. It's like, greatness comes first. LeBron's like, all I care about is being great and having my son and like being the best dad that I can. I'm just figuring it out on the fly because all I know is greatness on the brain. I've never done anything else but play basketball. It's like, no. (laughs) No. Well, something that came to my mind Throughout watching this movie and like not to say that like, oh, adultery is like awesome because like that's not even really where where I was thinking about it, but just (laughs) how much cooler Michael Jordan is than LeBron James. It's just as like as close as like they are in terms of like how good of basketball players they are. They're equally far in coolness. Like so true. Jordan just. It, he didn't have to try to be himself and just this cool aura, you know, you know, even in a kid's movie, it's still like transpired. And there was all that cool stuff like with Bird and like Bill Murray and stuff that like adults like. So there was that. And I think it kind of clouds the MJ versus LeBron argument. I mean, as dumb as the MJ versus LeBron Absolutely argument is, it I, it, just because people just like Jordan that much more than LeBron. LeBron's fucking lame. Like he is so corny. It's unfortunate. And I like LeBron on so many levels. Oh, yeah. But like, and listen, I get shit all the time for being, quote unquote, a tryhard. Right. And that's fine. Like, whatever. I'm authentically me. I think LeBron James legitimately has the same exact brand issue where people are like, you're just doing too much. You, everything feels forced. Everything feels calculated. Everything feels like you manipulating the world around you to fill your legacy and bolster your legacy. Where MJ's just like, I'm the fucking man. I don't need to like prove anything. Everybody's coming to me. I've got these commercials with Spike Lee and like he he was sex. Mm-hmm. LeBron is not sex. No. LeBron is the guy who was so not desirable and not attractive throughout his life from like a maybe like a geeky standpoint and now he's like the most famous guy in sports on the planet and still doesn't really know how to handle that fame. And I have seen that I don't think I've ever shared this story publicly, but I'm going to share it. Whew, here we go. I'm at the All-Star game in New Orleans. I am wearing, it's hot as fuck. This Mar- is like 2016, 2016 17, one of the, DeMarcus Cousins, boogie yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I've got like a somewhat short dress on, low cut sort of deal. Super iridescent sunglasses. I'm in the tunnel of the uh, Smoothie King, right? That's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it might have been practice, might have been a Mercedes. I don't know. I think it was Smoothie King because okay. they, they ran like simultaneous uh-huh. stuff going on. Yeah. So I'm in there and I'm up against the wall in the tunnel and I see all the all-stars and I'm on my phone trying to like capture, I'm trying to capture social footage of like all the all-stars and I look down on my phone, I'm like trying to post something 
and like LeBron and all of his homies or whatever, all of his teammates are like walking by. And LeBron and me make eye contact. It's the first time I've ever like really been up close, close, close to Braun. And he looks over and you can tell it was like he wasn't expecting to see women at that moment because it was just me and her, just me and my social media person standing in the tunnel. And they were just, it was just a practice. And we were there really early and his head turned. People aren't even going to believe this story. It's so ridiculous. His head turned as he was walking past and he ran into a fucking hole (laughs) and his teammates gave him so much shit and I could not stop laughing and it is now burned into my brain that that is who LeBron is that's not anything special to me like I have no I would not purport that that was like a Trista being an attractive thing I think it was just like two LeBron's a nerd two (laughs) hot girls in the tunnel they might kiss like that. You know, like LeBron is a nerd and has no idea what to do with like, oh, there's pretty women there. Like, I'm going to look at them. Maybe they're looking at me. Are they looking at me? It's like, you're fucking LeBron, dude. You don't need to do that. Yeah, that is. That is. I mean, A, that's a ridiculously hilarious story. And B, yeah, no, I've kind of said that, you know, throughout his career, like for as good as he like, I don't think anyone's ever been as good at something as LeBron is. And yet, and yet still so insecure. have the, the self-esteem of like me. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like someone needs to tell you you're LeBron James, like you are LeBron. And, you know, part of it makes me think like this is real psychoanalyzing. People are going to be like, oh, you hate LeBron. You're psychoanalyzing when you're with someone as long as Braun is. He's been with Savannah for like since high school. Yeah. She knows him since he was fucking nobody. Right. Just a phenom with a ton of potential. And she she is the mother of his kids. He takes out the trash, probably not well, you know, like (laughs) he has to do chores. They do life together when you are in proximity to greatness for that long. And you've been with them since they were not really the LeBron that we know now. Like she's going to keep you more than humble. Right. Like she's like, I've known you since you were 15 years old. Like, just take the fucking garbage out. Whereas like LeBron kind of needs someone to gas him up. Anyway, the acting was terrible There's in really the movie. Bit, yeah. All like, and people on Twitter are like, "Well, this movie is for kids." Yeah. It's like Pixar is also for kids. Disney, old Disney movies, also for kids, and the acting was fucking great. So the adults and kids alike could get something out of it. There's levels to this shit that had no levels. It was- no. It was bad. Yeah, no, I I don't think it was. I did see, golly, I, I forget who tweeted it. I actually tweeted something. And I had to delete it because I was like, <laughs> hey, is it, anyone have any like like children that have watched it? Like, I would like to know. Please DM. But then I realized that sounded kind of weird, so I delete it. But uh, I, I did see someone tweeted out this morning that said, every kid that I've talked to that's seen Space Jam, Loved it. So I do need to, I do need to like make that known because it was made for kids. But in the, I don't think, I, I, I'm just going to reiterate the point I already made. Like Space Jam, the original, I was in kindergarten when that came out. And like literally on the playground at recess, every single day, it was, we're playing Space Jam. I'm Michael Jordan. Who are you? Like, yeah, yeah. And I really don't see this doing that 
for basketball. They're the going to bring out like trampolines did. and there's like literally <laughs> going to be people bringing trampolines onto the basketball court because they think that yeah. they like can get ultra boosts yeah. from that. And like the officially licensed mobile game, you know, is coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, there is so much merch coming from this. People already wanting the Space Jam shoes and the this and the that. Uh, I mean, it was wild. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to bring up real, real quickly was I thought it was funny in the first one because I, re- I rewatched it like semi re like in the last like year. And, uh, they kind of dressed down Michael Jordan's extravagancies. Like his house is like really small. Like Wayne Knight's character like drives him home from yeah. the baseball stadium and he's just got they this did that ver- to LeBron too did you see that broke ass Mercedes they had him driving up to Warner Brothers with I like, don't know about the car it but was I mean- like an it, it was like an old school C-class from like 2005 okay. I was like no way LeBron James drives that Mercedes well like his the opening shot of him in his Calabasas home oh that was pretty yeah, like- <laughs> fly yeah no that was where it's like ball yeah, yeah ball. Uh-huh. the inconsistency of house and car that was strange for me. Yeah. That was strange for me. I also thought that the time where he was in Warner Brothers, and he's like, this is a trash idea. I was like, this is probably adapted from real life when LeBron got <laughs> the original Space Jam script for the first time. He's like, "This, I would never say these things. This is not me at all. Like, fuck you. Absolutely not. Um, I do want a couple of positives because I don't want to just shit on it. I thought there were two stars, two stars of the movie. One was Ernie Johnson. He He, was good. He was really good. (laughs) Like he provided a level of like believability that could not be achieved elsewhere. Yeah. Two. Let's just break down Don Cheadle for a second. Okay. Don Cheadle has played in huge dramatic roles. Hotel Rwanda, probably the one that first comes to mind. He can act his ass off. We know that he can. And to be dropped in as the villain of this movie. Don Cheadle was trying to carry everyone. He was trying to show you this is what real acting. And of course, there was like AI and green screen and like CGI and all these other things that make Don Cheadle less believable. So much CGI. So much CGI. Too much CGI. That I thought that he was really trying to be like, listen, I am algae rhythm. I am the best villain you've ever seen. I really want to win a supporting actor role for Space Jam 2. And that to me was respectable. Respectable for Don Cheadle to like take, steal the money. It was stolen, stolen money. <laughs> Who would you have rather have seen in that villain role? I don't know. I mean, I think he did what he could. I, yeah. As far as a recast, like, shh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I really no one's really coming to mind right now. Samuel L. Jackson would be good. Matrix sort that of could Matrix. Have been funny. Vi- that could have been funny. Yeah. But that would have been probably cross. It's a competitor. Can't have competitor uh, franchises <laughs> on the WB. Right. I mean, there were so many. The corniest thing, though, just real quick, is the notorious P.I.G. Like the rap thing came in. That was weird. It was weird. The Damian Lillard rap thing was fine. The, no. the least believable thing was Damian Lillard coming in as the king stopper. It's like, bro, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just got destroyed by Caleb Agata. You are not the king stopper. Yeah. Destroyed by Caleb Agata. You could not defend LeBron James if your fucking life depended on it. Yeah, it was bad timing for Dame. Bad timing yep. for that movie to come out yep. for Dame. 
Uh, I liked the Michael B. Jordan cameo. I did too. I thought that was kind of He funny. also provided a level of legitimacy to the, the program. Yeah. Uh, reviews. LeBron got murdered by the graphics guy, ABC. He put the 31% Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> down there. Oh, man. He was like, yeah, I'll put your fucking movie promo up and I'll put the Rotten Tomatoes up to it next to it. 31's not honestly all. That's not like all time terrible. Like, honestly. It's I not Geely. Right. I mean, it, 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 it's certainly not good. You aim for higher than that, but that's not like an all time embarrassing score. It's not a success. No, 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 no. Of course not. It uh, beat out Black Widow for number one at the box office. It cost one hundred and fifty million dollars to make another one hundred and fifty million to market. And they had fifty one million total globally on opening weekend. You are a long way from the black a long way somebody said on twitter like i had just uh subscribed to hbo max anyway about two weeks ago and i'm really sad that i that this is going to be attributed to lebron james like this one subscription (laughs) is going to be i could say a lot about lola bunny there's some controversial stuff about lola but lola bunny that they made her boob smaller and her waist a little more like she's athletic lola bunny i think Paige spiranak um a golf personality yeah. who's on Twitter. She hated it. She thought it was like, so we could talk, we could spend a whole day dissecting that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, let's get into some news around the league. O- overall, I give it a 20%. First of all, like I just, let's just stop. <laughs> I give space jam. If you didn't understand through the course of the full scathing review is like one watch. Everybody knows the rules. I think Marty said it best when he said he watched it in installments. Yeah, I think I started it like I think I started it Friday night before I went out and then I finished it like Sunday, Sunday yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I watched it all the way through last night and it was hard. It was like, man, this is two hours. I'll never get back. Yeah, it was a bad movie. Bad. I give it 20. And long. Yeah, it was and like long. two hours. Like the original was like an hour Ugh. 20, I think, something like that. All right, let's move on. Is James Wiseman the next <laughs> DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> hmm. What a hypothetical that is. No one's stock has improved more this year than DeAndre Ayton's. No one is making the Suns any, no one is mocking the Suns anymore for taking DeAndre Ayton uh, over Luca and Trey. And Steve Kerr now is pulling the ultimate spin job. Like this is, this is Steve Kerr in a nutshell. He said, to the world, I think what you're seeing with DeAndre Ayton is exactly what you're going to see from James Wiseman. He's seven foot, high draft pick. He's using Aiton's playoff stellar, stellar playoff run to basically pump Wiseman's tires, probably to trade him. I would say to make him seem to like Oklahoma City, like, hey, you see what DeAndre Ayton's doing, Oklahoma City? Like, this is what you could have in James Wiseman for the low, low price of Shea Gilders Alexander. Right, yeah. Just give a Shea. <laughs> Just yeah. give us, we'll give you seven, 14, and James Wiseman, who will be DeAndre Ayton. You see him. He's athletic. He's seven foot. He can hit threes. He can be in the post. He can rebound. He can play in the pick and roll just like DeAndre. You see what's happening. You see that guard over there with the all-star floor? Yeah, just give him to us. Yeah, just give him to us. This is what he had to say. The most interesting thing about the NBA Finals has been watching DeAndre Ayton. I talked to James and text him. I'm just so inspired by what Ayton has been able to do. I think there's no reason why James can't follow the same path. The Suns really streamlined his game. You think back a couple of years ago and he was all over the map. 
You could tell how gifted he was, but you weren't exactly sure who or what he was. And they figured it out. I'm watching Aiton quite a bit, and I'm thinking about how we can use James. We can use James and simplify the game and make him really effective for us the next year. That's a lie. Sounds like someone <laughs> on Craigslist trying to hype up their used car so that someone could get the Kelly Blue Book value without chopping off a piece of the dealer. It's like <laughs> so desperate, so obvious, and so desperate. Like, I think the thing, I've never been this locked into the NBA before. So you, the nuance of that statement would have just gone over my head. Because we've been so locked in, yeah. I know exactly what that fucking is. That is a guy trying to swindle an up-and-coming team for an all-star right now for Steph. That's a, that's a Danny Ainge move. That's a snake Danny Ainge move. Yeah, just using coach speak to, yeah. It's a, it's a lie. Right. <laughs> uh, we've said this before, but nobody deserves to be an Olympian to me more than Jeremy Grant. I know that's like a wild statement to say because the Olympic ground is a place where young guys come and they get around real talent. And he's been around talent before with Denver, somewhat with Oklahoma City. But he's now going to be with a bunch of stars and going to find his way and flourish. And he is officially off to Japan. But there's been some problems. There has been some problems for Team USA. What has happened so far, if you haven't been really caught up on how COVID has ravaged um, the biggest stage on the global scale? Yep. Brad Beal and Kevin Love had to leave Team USA. And there was a shot because Kevin Love is old. I don't know. What do you think happened there with Kevin Love? Do you think he just realized, like, you know what? <laughs> You know, I'm not getting any minutes and the world is excoriating me for even being on this roster and I make enough money. I have a fucking model wife, girlfriend with a really cute Weimaraner Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it's a 14 hour flight and I'm going to have to quarantine. I'm not going to be able to go anywhere in Tokyo. This sounds fucking terrible, actually. And I've already been to the Olympics. Do you feel like that's what yeah, it is? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what happened. He got the offer and he was like, what are you serious? Yes. Like, and then, <laughs> like, then it like became apparent, like, oh, this is going to be a major pain in the ass here. Like, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't an experience I need. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the whole like first time without fans in an Olympic setting, probably the only time is actually something I'm not really wanting to get firsthand experience with. Right. Uh, but Jeremy Grant is not going to have to sit out, even though he had a close contact to Bradley Beal. Yeah, I think so. Bradley Beal. Uh, but nobody, nobody on this team wanted to be an, an Olympian more than Grant. He was like going around, basically pitching himself to Dame and to Beal and to KD being like, I need this experience. I want this experience. And now though. With Jeremy Grant's ascension, and I think the Olympic stage is now another feather in his cap in terms of like how valuable Jeremy Grant really is on the open market. There is now scumbag fake blogs coming up with fake trade scenarios that Jeremy Grant is going to be traded to the Memphis Grizzlies. Excuse me? I haven't seen this. Wait, why? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) They think... That the Memphis Grizzlies would trade the Detroit Pistons, the 17th pick, and Jaron Jackson for Jeremy Grant. So that they would have Jaron Jackson 1 and 17 to rebuild. And I am going to tell folks this. If you think in any way that Jaron Jackson and his broke-ass looking three-point shot 
is anything close to Jeremy Grant, you are mistaken. Yeah, he's been hurt already. He's been, I think he had like out, he was out most of this year and he's brand new to the league with a knee injury. I think it was a meniscus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ugh, no. Just people keep like just jerking off to high draft picks. That's really all it comes down to. They're like, oh, he was the fourth pick. Yeah, he's good. I and, hate he's, that. And, he, and this isn't me shitting on Jaron Jackson, but like, yeah, I mean, Jeremy Grant just had a all time year. Not all-time year, but, I mean, most improved year. He could have been most improved for sure if it wasn't for Julius Randle just, like, destroying the league and taking the Knicks to a playoff. If the Knicks wouldn't have made the playoffs and they would have been, like, a dog shit team as well, like, Jeremy Grant would have won it Uh because the world wouldn't be focused on the Knicks, right? Uh, The Memphis Grizzlies are better, were better, looked like they were clicking without Jaron Jackson. They could probably just trade Jaron Jackson for picks and be probably better off. That's a hot take, but I think that's a possibility given like Jaron Jackson's inconsistencies from three and some of the injury issues that he has and inconsistency with culture, you know, like team chemistry when you're in and out of the lineup. So the Pistons, though, let me just say very firmly, the Pistons are not trading Jeremy Grant anywhere because Troy Weaver has said, we want guys that want to play in Detroit, which is like almost no one. <laughs> right. Almost yeah. no one. Jeremy Grant could have re-signed in Denver and he chose to take the route to beat the guy in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, nothing going on, completely dead city. Been there. Enjoyed, enjoy, quote unquote, enjoyed it. All of the fruits of Detroit's economy and there's not a lot. So he has chosen to live and play in Detroit. There is no chance in hell that Troy Weaver would take a shot at getting Jaron Jackson, even just if he was great, because Jaron doesn't want to play in Detroit. No shot. No chance. What superstars do you think will sign extensions this offseason? Yossi Goslin? Do you know who that is? I think he's from The Athletic. Okay. L- looked at five scenarios and guessed the chances of whether each, te- each of them would sign. Are you ready for this list? Let's go. This offseason. Are you ready? Kevin Durant, eligible in August for a four-year extension. This is kind of like a game show. For a four-year extension that would make him a net through 2026 when he will be 37. If he signs this extension, he'll cross $500 million in lifetime earnings. Goslin has the probability of extending as... So we've got weak, we've got medium, we've got strong. Okay. What do you think? Does he sign this August? Yes or no? I would say kind of weak. Like, are, are we saying will he sign ever or just this August? This August. I would say weak. This off season. Yeah. It's weak. Goslin says it's strong. Okay. All right. Man, there's a possibility. I guess Kevin Durant will retire a Brooklyn net. It just seems like he would want to keep doing the LeBron thing, at least for right now. I mean, I know LeBron signed a four year deal, but like he was signing one and two year deals like left and right like as in the middle Kawhi, and, Kawhi right. has done that as well yeah I w- if he does that I do not think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Kevin Durant would also say yeah I'll sign through 2026 and you know maybe I'll just force a trade at some point right. I don't like yeah. it here yeah good point Steph Curry Curry is eligible to sign a 200 million dollar extension with the final year paying him 60 million dollars that's so much money 60 the last year of his contract will will pay him sixty million dollars when he's thirty eight years old. That's stealing. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, you don't even have to finish on that. I'll go strong on that one if that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. All signs point to the Warriors <laughs> wanting to re-sign ASAP Rocky, but they have to be willing to commit to being a winner right now because Steph Curry has been on the record that, yes, I care about money. Yes, I care about retiring a warrior, but you can't be fucking around putting that deer in headlights out. James Wiseman with me, who's like a <laughs> negative 37 every time we're on the floor together. Yep. I think it's strong. I think he will definitely re-sign this offseason because it's just too much fucking money at too late stage in his career. Uh, Luke Doncic. Dallas is... Obviously a mess right now, but they're trying to rebuild some things. Mark Cuban has basically said like, oh, we want to treat him like we treated Dirk. You've got J.J. Redick and gosh, I forget who else it was. Andre Iguodala, both going on record saying Mark Cuban is one of the most accommodating owners for his superstars in life. And the world looks at how he treated Dirk in the past and says, yeah, like that's our guy. Uh, we like him based around just that one simple fact. So he's basically saying he's going to do everything he can for Luca. Uh, he even included Luca's old Slovenian coach. He brought him onto the team. Like, so like, he's like basically pulling out all the stops, whatever you want. Igor? Yes. Really? He brought on Igor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, we should have talked about that. (laughs) So yeah, he brought on Igor to this roster. Uh, to the, I mean, to this team as an assistant coach under Jason Kidd. I think that's going to be great for Luca. Luca would fuck. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah, bring in Jay Kidd, you bring in uh, some Nike execs, uh, you bring in your old former coach from Slovenia, let's get it rocking. Uh, no player in history coming off of a rookie contract has ever turned down a max contract. I think this one is a no-brainer. Yeah. And homie says it's strong. So I think we agree. Got Bradley it. Beal. Brad is eligible to re-sign with Washington in uh, 2022 offseason but for the same amount. So it makes sense for him to keep his options open. Do you think Bradley Beal, he can sign this year and next year both? Do you think Bradley Beal signs his extension this offseason? I would say weak, but that's mainly just because like I want to see Bradley Beal somewhere else. I mean, they've had chance after chance. after. Chance. I mean, it, it, especially when he, he and Wall were still together and they kept rolling. It, it seemed like four seasons in a row. They were like, yeah, let's just keep rolling with Nene and Gortat and see what happens. And they just blew it. So, yeah, no, I would I, I would hope weak. The Washington Wizards remind me of the Portland Trailblazers, where you have a backcourt that just simply will not get it done. And you provide them with role players who are just garbage beyond belief. And truly, truly, if we're honest, do the Washington Wizards... And do the Portland Trailblazers actually, like ownership, really care about winning a championship? Like, I don't think so. So if I was Bradley Beal and you've been listening to Damian Lillard say loyalty, 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 like Kendrick Lamar, and then this off this uh, offseason in Vegas with Bradley Beal say, I don't know where my future lies. And Bradley Beal's multiple years in front of Damian Lillard in that timetable, I would say gotta be weak, right? Gotta be weak. Yeah. Devin Booker, Goslin writes, the extension doesn't make sense, mainly because signing him would disqualify him from potentially signing a Supermax extension should he earn all NBA honors either one of the next two seasons. Which is probably likely. So do you think that he signs an extension this offseason, yes or no? That would seem like a bad idea. I think so, too. This the, He st- stands to earn much more money and many more years on a new contract should he make it to 2024 free agency. So I also agree. 
I don't think. I mean, something tragic would have to happen for this same contract to not be on the table in two years. So like, yeah. 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 Might as well just wait it on out. I think Devin Booker is all NBA caliber right now. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, do it. Man, more Colin Sexton news. Colin Sexton has become the Kevin Porter Jr. of the universe. Like, just not quite good enough to be really deserving of this much chatter. <laughs> like Harrison Barnes sort of quality. But yet he's got stands like Marvin Bagley. Like, th- this guy has a lot of fans that are quite angry and triggered if you say anything negative about him. He is now coming up in more trade conversations again. The newest team he's been linked to, Marty, is who? Who do you guess? New team, never been talked about before. Where does Collins, do not look at this, do not look at the notes. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't know. This is Boston. Golden (laughs) State. The Golden State Warriors are, quote, intrigued with acquiring Colin Sexton, but it would not net the Cleveland Cavaliers someone like James Wiseman or the number seven pick. The upcoming extension and his overall fit apparently are lowering his value, making teams hesitant to acquire him, and thus the trade value is lower and the chips are lower in order to acquire Colin. Man, I don't know about that fit. No, I, I, yeah, I would, I would not have guessed Golden State given you could have given me 20 guesses. I don't think Golden State would have come out of there. I hate this. I think young guys who are out of control. We talked about the Knicks for Colin. Love that fit. Mm-hmm. This fit is way bad. Like you're talking about a free flowing offense with movement around, like without the ball and the freedom to do as you choose in ISO. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. No, I hate it. <laughs> hate it. I am so glad that we're on the same page there. Colin Sexton is what NBA writers wanted to say Devin Booker was for years, but he actually is that. He is yeah. not a cancer, but is like, cancerous he I, I think he can't well I mean, I, and he could improve this is not saying like he will never improve and get to a point where he's not this but right now i think he caps your win total i think he does too the chip on his shoulder the ego level is so massive that he makes it difficult to win with him i don't think i would want him on my team not if, right. if i no shot not right now no and he's undersized too He's undersized, he's out of control, he loves to play iso ball, and he's mean to his teammates, and people people literally chirp you. Opponents chirp his his teammates that, yo, he's never passing you the ball. Could you imagine Steph Curry with Colin Sexton? Who's getting the ball down the stretch? Colin Sexton comes up with the rock as the one. You think he's fucking giving it to Steph Curry? Colin Sexton thinks he's the best player on the planet. Fuck no. All right, season two of Ted Lasso. I know this is not seemingly, not seemingly about basketball, Marty, but it is. Okay. It is. Okay. Ted Lasso is about to drop season two. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. Yeah, can't fucking wait. Like, cannot watch. Cannot wait. If you haven't seen season one, it is like a need to do now. A delight. If you don't know it, it's about a American football coach, like from a high school. Wichita State. Wichita State. (laughs) 
who is hired to run an English Premier League team. Yeah, like Major League style, trying to like run it in the Correct. ground. Correct. Yep. And they're trying to run the franchise in the ground. So they hire this guy and he has zero experience nor knowledge about soccer. Seems like a thin plot upon first glance, but it's a fucking tremendously executed show. The, the plot actually seems about as thin as like Space Jam, but just way, way better execution, better dialogue, better everything. Well, it was based on, I think, those NBC sports commercials that Jason Sudeikis did yeah. where he pretended to be like the head coach of Tottenham, but he was like, he did it like a football coach. Yes. Yeah. So Jason Sudeikis is Ted Lasso. His character is amazing. Apparently, it's based around NBA coaches. So there are NBA coaches that have inspired the character as well as the Jason Sudeikis NBC commercial. Quinn Snyder apparently now is using quotes and anecdotes from the show. <laughs> Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder always thought you were a good coach and now you got to go. Now you got to go. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty weird. <laughs> got to go now. He says it's required viewing for any coach. Our boy Steve Kerr loves the show, was one of its earliest supporters. I think his child, someone, someone he knows is like working on the show. Chris Paul binged it. But the, the apparently the, the character was based around multiple, a collection of multiple NBA coaches. If you had to guess, Marty, who would you guess which NBA coaches in history and also basketball coaches, some some are, some are high, uh, college basketball coaches as well. Okay. Do you, and one high school hoops coach, uh, which do you think that they're built around? Jeez. Okay. Someone very positive, uplifting, like overly positive. I mean, who does that describe? I honestly. You're going to love the answer. Okay. It's gonna, yeah, you're gonna I don't want to sound dumb and like make a dumb gonna guess. You're going to love so. the answer. You're going to be like. Okay. What are we, who are we, who are we thinking? <sighs> First one. Bill Self. Okay. Yeah, Midwestern, okay. Phil Jackson. <laughs> okay, yeah. And this is where it gets good, Marty. Greg Popovich. That I don't get. No way. Absolutely not. I've heard Greg Popovich is like a big players coach, like really, really great around the guys. But like, no. No, not in like a silly way at all. <laughs> like, in no way yeah. would Greg Popovich allow... R.C. Buford to treat him the way that the team treated Jason Sudeikis' character, Ted Lasso, and him provide them with cookies every day. Like, absolutely no cornball anecdotes, no, like... <laughs> yeah. It, they just, no. Like, they, I think that the thing that they used was, like, Pop takes his team out for wine. Like, that's the same. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> all right, that's all the time that we have. For the This League podcast, please like, please rate, please review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Makes a massive, massive difference. Uh, we have This League playoff merch on sale. Suns in four is a lifestyle. It is required buying if you like, we'll call it viral moments. Uh, it's on sale. There's a bunch of them. There's one with like boxing gloves. There's one purple and there's one black. Don't forget to follow us at, the, at This League, at Trista Crick on TikTok. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for TBD. Maybe Wednesday. <laughs> we will see you maybe Wednesday for the next episode of This League. 
ask it all. Say hello to the big dog. Say goodbye to all the frogs. Keep it a hundred, keep it a hundred, keep it a thousand. There's certain people that we don't allow. No, 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 po, po. No, 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 po, po. You a slow po. Get off.